Welcome to Adventure On Outdoors, where we talk about adventuring outside your daily 9 to 5. We're two ordinary guys exploring the outdoors, all while balancing a family life and the demands of a regular job. So join us in our pursuit of adventure and enjoy our conversations with others who share the same passions. On this episode, Daniel talks with Josh Wheeler, founder of the Mission Uncharted Survival Races. Josh discusses the races in depth and gives you some background as to how he came up with the idea. If you ever plan on competing in this event, this podcast will prove very helpful. Please excuse the audio quality, as we had a few difficulties with the recording device, so bear with us. Hello everybody, welcome to Adventure on Podcast with Daniel Lunderbrink. Mike, the other half, is not going to make it today, Uh, but on the phone today I've got Josh Wheeler with the Mission Uncharted uh, Backpack survival race series that he's putting on across the country this year um and so hope you enjoy so uh josh on man the last time i saw you we were on the trail on the wild azalea trail in louisiana we did the survival race with you guys and we had a blast so where are you these days yeah that was about five weeks ago um, I really enjoyed it there in Louisiana, i got to say. Our, our whole team did it. It was the first time we've ever been to that part of the country. Um, and that's part of the reason why we planned it in Louisiana, just because we wanted to see what it's like, what the people are like, and that kind of trail. Um, nowadays, though, we're still here in Raleigh. Um, we were planning on having an event earlier this year in New Mexico. Um, it didn't work out with the permit, mainly because we only had about two months to plan it. Um, and we needed a lot of interest early on to get that going, but um, it just didn't quite work out. But our next event we have up is Kentucky, and that's in two weekends. So not this weekend, but next weekend. No, oh, what's that? What's that race? How long is that one? That one's going to be longer than the one that you were in. It's about uh, 32 miles. It's on the Shelter We Trace Trail. Um, it's in Daniel Boone National Forest, so it's right on the Tennessee-Kentucky border. Oh, cool. And it's uh, it's it's pretty desolate. I mean, compared to like the Louisiana event, it's going to be more. Um, it's a lot more ridges. They have a lot of like natural coves. Um, there's a river that runs alongside most of the trail, and then um, it's it's like single track most of the way too. So it's it's a lot less. I mean, the Wild Azalea Trail was a lot more well marked than this one's going to be. This is going to be a lot more like backcountry feel. Oh, that's cool. Um, well, the event here, I mean, there was a lot of stuff. I got a lot of questions about it over afterwards. And, um, so y'all's event's been pretty successful as the one in Louisiana? The Louisiana one was the biggest one that we've had so far. I mean, we've only really done two full-on events. Um, the okay. one in Alabama and the one in Louisiana. Um, so we had a pretty bold, uh, expectation this year to try and do it many as possible and just kind of view it all as like a test year in a way, kind of see what works, what doesn't, and find what's the best kind of rules that we can do to make this as competitive and awesome an event as possible. Um, but there's some events coming up where I think the, the numbers will be higher than the Louisiana event, like the Wisconsin one coming up. That's where I'm originally from. So that has a lot of like local appeal. And then um, the North Carolina event coming up in May will probably have more than that as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
So we're heading to Kentucky in two weeks, uh, 32 miles. So, I mean, the race, I mean, that's, that's a lot of miles for a lot of people. Uh, but it's not like a running race, right? It's uh, it's just strictly hiking, survival challenges. Um, so why don't you tell everybody kind of what it's about and a little bit like that? Like yeah. what, the format, you know, go with the format a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, kind of like, I feel like when I describe it to some people, it's it's almost like introducing a whole other sport to them, because it's kind of what it is. I mean, we've made this up from kind of scratch, so we have its own kind of rules, and there's nothing quite up there like it. So um, basically, the, the concept is between 26 and 40 miles. Um, it's teams of two to eight people, um, so they're competing against other teams to get ultimately from point A to point B. Um, so the Louisiana event, for instance, was 26 miles and is on the Lazalea Trail. Um, we mainly stick to national forests because that's where we can find the most uh, desolate land or the most land that's kind of unincorporated. Um, it's meant to kind of simulate a survival situation, which is where the idea really sprung from. Um, from watching the survival shows on TV, um, I was trying yeah. to think of a way that what was that? <laughs> no, I said, yeah, that, I, can, I can see that now. See, I mean, the idea originally to be more of a survival event. Like, what's a way that you can simulate a survival event in kind of the outdoors? And to do that, it's kind of tough with just our, even like the areas that we're going to. Is cause it, I mean, you're going to probably see most people, you're going to see other people where you're going, you're going to have access to roads, and you're not, you're going to have maps and GPSs, so it's not necessarily going to be complete survival, but we try to figure out how you can incorporate other activities into that to make it kind of seem like an actual survival situation. So, for instance, we combine like camping, we combine um, the hiking aspect, we combine orienteering, geocaching. And it's really all kind of sprung from the survival aspect, but it's kind of evolved more into a backpacking competition. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I, I see, uh, whenever I was on it, I, I kind of, like, we went into the trip, right? We went into the race and we felt, felt pretty strong, right? Like, we, we're yeah. out there, like, okay, we can get to the finish line first, you know? And when we got there, we we were doing that exactly that. We were we we're the first one. We we're the furthest like ones in. An hour forty ahead of everyone. <laughs> yeah, but what what was the leveling factor, right? So you can have people yeah. that aren't as strong hikers that have a lot of yeah. wit to them, and they can yeah. beat you. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, we came down to the wire twenty two minutes. Uh, we came in second, but we were twenty two minutes off that pace. But what was nice about it is you can, you don't have to be the super strong fitness guru junkie and you could still lose, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, think, you can still lose. Yeah, and that's a, kind of a feeling aspect of the events in general. I mean, we kind of got some slack for having the no, even no running rule with our events because we wanted to be more or hiking or like a, a hiking competition at compared to, yeah. say, a trail running event. Um, and I, I volunteered at a trail running event this weekend, and I just, like, 
I just don't think that it would be very appealing to the survival efficacy of long running. And that's really kind of where it's rooted at. But, I mean, looking at some of the competition that we had at the Louisiana event, for instance, I mean, there was people from all different walks. There were some people who had barely hiked before day hiking. And there were some people who have only, like, who just love the outdoors. And then there's people who um, play sports. you got people who, who, I think someone said they had done the Appalachian Trail before. Right. Um, that's yeah. the, the backpacker groups. I mean, you get a wide oh, man. variety of people. Them guys are quick on the Yes. Yeah, and that, that was the that was the cool part, you know. Just it was really level, even playing field. We got done with that first night. We sat there and go, okay, we gotta we gotta uh, add a little strategy to our deal besides just like powering through to the end, because we all of a sudden we there was three groups at the end. The, the backpacker group, which them guys, them guys could move. I don't know how they straight laid that whole thing, fast walkers, you know. And then there was yeah. another group that was pretty smart, and savvy, you know, but still strong. And then there was us, which was we were just going on brute force, <laughs> and we all ended up yeah. right at the same spot that night, which was pretty unique. In that, you know, we could have been a little further, but we stopped and did our strategy a little bit better. Different, not better. It was worse than another group, which had the best strategy, which ultimately won. And then there was mm-hmm. a backpacker group that was going to be the fastest, but the stamina and endurance of them um, kind of it w- wasn't quite as quite as where we are. One of the guys got a little bit of shin splints, you know. But at the end, you know, at the end of that trip, we made a lot of friends. You know, even some of the guys behind yeah. them, we ended up, the camaraderie of the beginning, sizing everybody up, looking at it, going, okay. And, I mean, even just the unique aspect of everything, nobody, there. it's it's so level of a playing field. It's good for really just anybody and everybody. And, you know, and if you can't make it, you can, you had a fun night in the woods, you walked, you, you hiked a lot of miles and, uh, you got to ride back to your car if you if you yeah. wanted to if you wanted to bow out of it, you know. So it's it's a good. I I love the, I love the concept. The other guys that were on our team love the concept, and we're looking forward. Hopefully, y'all are going to put another one together here in uh, Louisiana next year. Yeah, and we're planning on it. And I mean, I think you really hit on it with what you said that you make a lot of good friends, and the community in itself is really an awesome aspect that I really wasn't expecting when I first had the idea to set up on these events. Um, but there's something about just outdoor recreational community that everyone is just so willing to talk to you, have a conversation. Um, and it's just something about sharing, like, the experience with other people that, like, it's almost like you're struggling through it together, but it's not like a typical competition where you're, like, taking people out. I mean, it's a really, like, accepting, really helpful community that, I mean, that's probably the aspect that I've really enjoyed about these events and also just meeting the people that are doing it because it strives for me to be more adventurous and be more, um, to up my game as well. And I mean, I think maybe you can feel that way as well, but I think you, I, I was listening to your other podcast earlier today and I think you mentioned something about that, about all the people you met just like doing these kind of things is just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it really, you know, you have an interest, you get out there, 
and just sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere. You know, I've been on trips where you're eight days, haven't seen a soul, and you pull up to somebody and they're like, where did you come from? And you're wondering the same thing. How did you get here? And you just, and you and that person, that group get to share that moment outdoors and kind of be the first people to talk to after a course of days. You know, not everybody gets to do those real long trips, but you can go do that. You can get that same feeling just on an overnight hike, a day hike, you know, and then everybody pushing themselves and tired, and everybody feels the same way. You know, no matter your ability, you still push yourself to the to the hardest you could for that moment, for that day, for that hour. You know, you, you throw some challenges in the way, and at the end of the day, everybody's kind of laughing goofing you know and say man i thought you were gonna you were stronger than me and you realize you know it's that leveling field and you know it leads me to like what may i mean this is your job kind of now right yeah i mean i spend about 40 50 hours a week on it and i wish i had some other income but it's really something that i've really grown to like just put a lot of my time into so so one day you just decided I'm going to make a backpack race. That's what I mean. That's where this came from, or was this something you and your friends were out? Like what got you into backpacking? What what made you what what made you start this deal? Yeah, that's kind of a two part question. But I'll hit on the um, the first the, the second question first, where you said what made me get into it. Um, so my so I, I've always been intrigued with, like, the survival aspect of, like, life, um, just hearing, like, survival stories, uh, survival shows really brought me into it. But I remember growing up reading, like, Hatchet, the book Hatchet, and then um, mm-hmm. the book Brian's Winter, which kind of talked about, like, the boy in Alaska that gets into a plane crash and he's got to, like, kind of survive out there with, I mean, he survives out there for, like, a summer or winter or something, and it's just a really intriguing aspect, I think, because in our life, and in America, I guess, in general, I mean, there's just no really aspect of survival. I mean, you can go anywhere and technically get what you need. So I think, like, if you think about back to like, 2,000 years ago, I mean, that wasn't the case. Like, survival was just the means of, like, your daily life. Like, you knew how to hunt, you knew how to fish, or you didn't, you didn't live, basically. Right. So it was... So I think that aspect has really always intrigued me. But um, I think obviously then like the survival shows on TV, that kind of captivated a little bit too. It's like you see Man vs. Wild, Survivor Man, Running Wild, all these shows that simulate a survival situation, but they're not really intended for, say, an average person. Because right. they, I mean, there's a lot of skill sets that come along with it. And I mean, that's kind of the intention of the shows is to teach those skills along with it, but um, I remember watching one with my dad once, and he was like, I could do this, like, I'll go out in the woods seven days and <laughs> kind of go survive off the land kind of thing, Yeah. so we actually went out there one day, and, like, we were just, I don't know, for a couple hours, and um, <laughs> we just started, like, boarding some stuff and crafting and doing kind of the stuff that you would think in a survival situation, but it was like in our backyard, so there was not that, there was always that aspect where you can just kind of go back home, you can always just like return to safety yeah. if need be. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into it and seeing if there was anything really related to 
survival out there, like competitions or if there was something somewhere that you could kind of test your skills in like a tangible arena or environment. And the only thing I really saw was like survival, epic survival schools kind of thing where they teach you mm-hmm. survival skills, but you go out for maybe 10 days, 30 days. But it's not really realistic for, say, an average person who's got a 95 or someone who's got um, school or something like that. Um, but I kind of like had the idea of like, okay, I wonder if there's a way that I could do something with survival relation. Um, so I started doing some research and I really kind of started to model it after Tough Mudder. It's kind of like yeah. a similar structure is where they travel around the United States, put on these events. Um, so for us, it was kind of like traveling around the United States, putting on these events in the national forests. It's not as, not as necessarily as much. We're not building, like, obstacles and all that stuff, but there's a way we can incorporate, like, challenges into it. And then some other activities, which I hit on a little bit earlier with, like, geocaching, orienteering, um, camping, these other skills that would really kind of maybe you would be doing that would lead to a survival situation. Right. If I thought there's a way that you can combine those into one, then I might be on to something. And... Um, sorry about that. But, um, so that's kind of where the idea came from. And it's really kind of taken on a life of its own from now. I mean, yeah, the hiking, sure it's and aspect is, the hiking and backpacking aspect is kind of really where we, I don't want to say like went back to, but I think there was more of an interest in hiking and backpacking competition aside from the survival aspect of the competition. Right. Um, if there was a bigger market for that in general, which is kind of why we learned, we kind of pivoted more towards that aspect of it, but mm-hmm. we definitely still wanted to keep back to the roots of the survival aspect. So, well, uh, it also... Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I was saying it also, like the way you have it set up, you still are in a survival. I look at it kind of as you go out for a day hike, you're going to go push... 10, 15 miles in or whatever, or do a, um, a there and that kind of deal, an in and out kind of hike, and then something goes wrong, and then you have these challenges along the way, you know, and like an injured hiker, or shoot, you ran out of food, or ran out of water, because, you know, we started that race with no water, because you limit people to a certain amount of gear, including the backpack, including your pocket knife, your GPS, all of those things are pretty much included in that weight. So, it, you know, I, I I carry pretty ultralight stuff, and it's still really hard to meet if you want to eat and drink, you know. So yeah. you got to kind of plan according to more of a day hike where you end up overnight. And, and I noticed that's kind of how it was set up, which, you know, in the survival, you know, you gotta make. You can't make fire with a lighter. You know we had to use flint and steel. Um, you couldn't. You, I mean, there's not a. You couldn't really bring a canister fuel. You know all of these things yeah. that you limit the limited us to. Put you where we had three guys sleeping under a tarp at night, and it was what 40 degrees. You know, and yeah, you bring all the. <laughs> it was chilly. You know, yeah, and, and I think that's an aspect that I didn't really hit on when I was explaining the events is that there's a 15-pound weight limit, like you said, and most of the gear 
is pretty much included in the weight because we have some required items that you have to bring. And then there's mm-hmm. the food and the food and water aspect. I mean, you could easily fill it up with just that stuff alone. Yeah, I mean, now like you know, a uh, 16 ounce bottle of water weighs a pound almost, or a little over. And then you start getting into an algae full of water. You're at two, three pounds. Then you throw in a shelter, which you're required to bring. You, you know, and then you start. The more people you have, the more gear you can bring and food and water. But what happens is it makes it really hard to finish that race because the last guy has to make it. So, you know, I found that, you know, the teams of four, is probably three, four. Those are that's that's a good number depending on the course. Though you could go to a whole nother course and it may be that you need two people, or you may need four or five people depending on the environment that y'all are going to go to. So uh, I could see the survival aspect of it, but it's more like sir, what happens when a backpack backpacking trip goes wrong and you got to get out, you know, or yeah. I'm on a day hike and I took the wrong path and now I have to make 20 miles back to my truck instead of the five miles that I walked in because I went the wrong way, you know, and you're limited with a, you had an Algene or a Camelback full of water and now you're halfway done with it and you got to stay the night and you got to have the energy to wake up the next morning and fire it off and get out as fast as you can. And, you know, that's kind of how we took it a race and, let's just get to the end let's get out of here that's the goal to survive and meet the end bring what we have is you know we did a lot of planning and stuff but not more than we would with anything else but we did some strategy and at the end we still lost because i guess second is always his first loser no (laughs) so but you know it's a cool it's a cool format so okay so you've done a couple of these trips have y'all had bad weather? Anything crazy happen? Um. Well, I mean, the that you can talk Louisiana about event, maybe <laughs> the Louisiana event. Um, we did have one lady who had her she, her kidney started to fail because she was pretty dehydrated. Um, oh, and it was. I think it was kind of just like she didn't really understand like her limits. Is really gotcha. what it came down to, because she didn't really know what was happening, and when um, basically, she, well, I won't I won't go through all the details, but where she was on the trail was about a mile and a half, like from the nearest trailhead. So we did, we had a stretcher challenge on a Louisiana event, and they had actually it was it was there were two miles from the finish, but a mile and a half from the nearest trailhead. So mm-hmm. um, we I had to go and and go and kind of like call an ambulance and we had the team we had basically they did the stretcher challenge for her but they did it for a mile and a half like they pretty much carried her so it's kind of cool to see them do the challenge and like use it in a practical situation but it was scary for the event planner because you're just you don't want anyone to get hurt or have anything right happen and obviously for the liability aspect but from a human aspect too like you don't want that on your kind of hands kind of thing, but um, I'm glad she received medical attention because, I mean, she was starting to, like, forget stuff. She was starting to have her hands shake, and it was just like she 
it, it just wasn't the typical symptoms of dehydration. Wow. So that's what I was worried about. I was I didn't know if she was like bit by something poisonous or if like that she didn't know about allergic reaction or something like that. Yeah. So she called. She asked to call an ambulance, and we did. And once she got attention, they called me later and said that it was basically her kidneys were starting to fail because of the dehydration. Wow. That's what was related to all that. But I think, I mean, that's probably the most extreme that we've had. We haven't run into weather yet, or now we're going to which makes me a little nervous too, but, um, I mean, a lot of it is pretty straightforward. I mean, the, the thing with the events that I think a lot of people don't realize when they sign up is kind of like the, the last, usually the last four or five miles are always pretty tough. And maybe you could hit on that a little bit too. I mean, I know you guys got done pretty early, so you didn't quite have that, but like, when you start running out of food and water, like, and you're trying to just get done with it, you try pushing yourself to limits that you don't really realize that you can have. Um, yeah. So when you're like, so, I mean, at the Alabama event, we had a team of, there were probably four Eagle Scouts, two, two Boy Scouts who had gone high up and actually got an Eagle Scout, and they ended up finishing first, but they said, like, the last five miles, they had to stop for, like, half an hour and just rest because they, like, their bodies couldn't take it. And then there was another group of Eagle Scouts that tapped out in the last five miles at the Alabama event because they just, like, they didn't they didn't think that their bodies could handle the next, like, literally five miles ago, and they didn't think they could handle it. So, I mean, it's it's more yeah. extreme than it might seem, and I think the longer that you go on with the event and the 43-hour time frame, the harder it gets. Yeah, I, I, I could see that because, you know, even us, you know, we started with no water. We've been on the trail before, so we kind of, and we knew that the re- we went the other way the last time, but this time we, you, you did it in a reverse the way the park wanted it set up, which is understandable. And it does get harder. That terrain does get harder as you get to the start of that, which isn't like, it's not Rocky Mountains, but you know, Louisiana has its own environmental things. There's not a lot of wind. There's not a lot of, this or that the water is sparse on certain parts and you've got to filter it you know uh but it's pretty good tasting it's from what i said but you know you're you wake up the next morning let's say you have i mean i think we did 26 miles uh, not 26 the total was 26 miles we did right at 16 17 miles that second day right and you wake up, yeah. you fill up your water. Well, that's the water we had for the rest of the trip. We went to the last challenge, and we were like, let's drop some weight. Let's get out of here. We dumped all our water out. And we said, okay, we're going to make it the, the last couple of miles. It's not a recommended thing, but we know ourselves. We knew how yeah. far we could go. But also, in the same sense, is, like you said, you're you're five miles, you're one mile away from something, and something bad can happen. I know, like... On our last stretch, we were just a couple miles from the end, and one of our teammates, we were literally just talking about, like, you know, as you fatigue yourself, you have less water, you have less food, your your brain starts getting tired, and therefore you start dragging a, a toe, a heel. You start dragging your feet a little bit more. You could trip, right? You could grab a root and trip and break an arm, and now you're a mile or two from anywhere access point. And you literally 
But if you stay really hydrated and you pace yourself and you know what you're doing, right, you can you can ration yourself or bring that extra or go without, you know, something else, you know, or change your food to a point that's going to sustain you. Look at your food densities versus how much calories per ounce, you, you know, peanut butter, something like that instead of a candy bar something you're going to burn right away and still be hungry an hour later and look at that nutritional value when you go out into the field and when you when you set a goal of 26 miles you've got to kind of know what it's like to do 26 miles or you know you 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 hike 26 miles a week or run at the gym or on a treadmill you know what you have to do to get to that fourth fifth sixth mile and I think that it's very important to stress for anybody that's going to an event like that is, is you know, your food and water is what y'all want your weight to be. And then the rest of it, you can share it across your team. But that food and water is extremely important. We were lucky we knew the trail. Others knew that trail. But a lot of the people that didn't know that trail, you're going into an unknown place and there's been plenty of times you go, oh, there's a creek there, and you walk up to it, and there's no water. There hasn't been any water. And so you can't always look at those maps and go, yeah, there's water there. We don't need water, you know, and do those kind of things. So I, I could see that, that that end, especially, you know, if you don't make the miles that first day, you have three, like we had three hours to hike that first day. So we humped it to get to 10, 11 miles that day, but we stopped and looked for geocaches and different things. But that first day when you're, when you're full of energy and you don't even start in the mornings, you start at the end of the day when you've already had a full day of activity, work, whatever it is, you got, but you're, you still have that power then to get as far as you can. And then you switch gears to let's pace ourselves to the end, put, incorporate your strategy. Because, like, for example, I waited, what, almost 30 minutes at one of the challenges for my team. I could have slowed down my pace and been stronger the next mile. Does that make sense? So knowing what your team together and and pace yourself with that, the slowest guy or to your strategy. None of our guys were slow, but the way our strategy was slow. That's what ultimately lost we lost because of our strategy. But if we would have if we had a real strong hiker and a real weak hiker and we try to push that weak hiker, you may not finish that. You you're not gonna finish. So it's always important to let that that weak hiker pace through and let your strong guy go dart off and, and look at the strategy in different ways. I won't I let everybody decide on their strategies or go back to my last podcast to talk to my last podcast and talk about the strategies and stuff because you know we we don't want to be here all day discussing strategy. So to be to be fair what you were saying too though, I mean a lot of the strategy you kinda gotta make up on the fly because we don't give you a lot of the details as far None. as that. I mean you know like the structure and the rules but it's kind of like something you have to experience on the fly and that's kind of how we designed it is you like, I mean, you said that even after the first day, you guys changed your strategy. And yeah. going Three back now, reflecting <laughs> on it, I'm sure you would do much different. But, like, 
like listen to your podcast on the recap after about the strategies. I know you talked about that for a while and we don't want to hit on it too much, but it's it's a pretty good strategy going forward for like people that have never tried the event that can use as a reference to help them with the event, but not every event's gonna be the same either. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's real important that our strategies work based, based off of discussion of what other strategies, because you don't know what that guy is doing, because you don't have, you don't, everybody doesn't start at the same time. So you have these delays, yeah. these delay starts, and if you're first on, on the trail, let's say you're ahead of everybody on that trail, well, you may never even see anybody. You don't know what they're doing. And yep. you and if we got lucky that we were around a group of all the same strength, but with three different strategies, and we realized on that trail we now had to be a certain amount of hours ahead of the whole group with with the um, with the kind of I don't want to give out all the details because that makes it fun. Right, but we had to be a certain hours ahead of the of a certain group, not even the group that we thought would beat us to the finish line. We had to be this other group. We had to we had to strategize against them because of their tactics and their strategies, and we knew that now we have to power through, do these other things perfectly, and get through, and waste no time because otherwise somebody's going to beat us very easily. That is not near as strong of a as hikers as us, and now that, yeah. that was the cool thing for us that you know you're sitting around a little campfire at night, um, tired, exhausted, ready to go to sleep because you got to be up early the next morning to get a shotgun start, you know, with everybody, and not know where you stand anymore, you know, like having that uncertainty and having that positive outlook going in and then going man that just put a damper on our trip we're we're gonna have we're gonna have to rethink this and then at the end it was pretty cool because we're all sitting there around and y'all would i mean i was at every checkpoint first i saw everybody at the challenge first i was there first across the board and y'all i tried and tried to get info and y'all wouldn't give i mean y'all could Y'all's crew was so good. They they were really good at distracting me and making me not ask a bunch of questions and throwing me off guard with my ADD. Uh, but, you know, also you, with that, you don't get a no, and that's cool, you know. And then on the other side is y'all track everybody with GPS. So there is no – there's no way somebody can go run a couple of miles because you can look at their data. You – you know, and so it, it really evens playing field. You'll have a great structure. I loved it, every bit of it, you know, and uh, can't wait to – I really hope you all succeed. But you mentioned something on the car ride back that not only do you do this, you also support all the all the race funds and everything like that go to um, – A is – We'll talk about nationals in a minute and the big prize money at the end. But something even cooler than that is y'all y'all donate some money with all the race entries. Uh yeah. So we ten percent. We donate ten percent of our profits to. I mean, we are a for-profit company, but we donate ten percent of our profits to. Um, it's called the World Race, 
it's it's a it's a Christian organization that is kind of meant to get to send the gospel overseas. So it's kind of interesting because they do kind of similar. I don't want to say kind of similar to what we're doing, but they send people off and they go to 11 countries in 11 months and they live out of their backpack. So they walk the whole way. So they might start in like South Africa and walk all the way up to like. I don't know, India. I mean, they'll just walk, yeah. like, a ridiculous amount of miles. And um, it's all about, like, sharing the gospel. So, I mean, myself, I'm a Christian, too, so that's a big aspect of my life. And it's really what driven it's driven me to start this business in general, too, is just the principles of being, like, a Christian business. And, I don't know, it's something that I try to install in the events in general, um, with my team, and just um, like, kind of like the mark that we're making in the outdoor industry is I want it to be more than just for profit. I want I want it to be something meaningful. And I know a lot of races and competitions do they donate and stuff, and some, there's a lot of nonprofits that have a lot of causes. But I figured too, if we're starting something, we should be given to something as well because I think it's yeah, and what we're doing. I think it, I think it's really great thing that y'all are doing overall. The people that y'all brought along with you were absolutely they they were super nice, super friendly. You know they weren't so helpful for me to get the win, but you know they. <laughs> but overall, those those guys, it was great to see faces when you're hiking alone, you're tired, and you see a friendly face at the end of the trail, and they they either. Uh, and they give you a little bit of motiv- motivation. They they have some good stories when you're sitting there waiting. You know they uh, they make it fun, and they're they're part of that whole experience. And to all of them that I don't I don't get to talk to them, but to all of them I want to say thank you all because uh, y'all made that event very special to us and made us wanting to come back. And more so than actually doing the race, I want to come back and volunteer the next time y'all are in. You know, I may race or walk with the people, but you know that that was that was a, a fun thing for me and our and our team, and they they all. I mean, they still talk about it, and it, it was a lot of fun, and I made a lot of friends along the way um, yeah, with it all. So, so let's let's go to you you do this race, and at the end, depending on how many teams, the first what, what people get qualified for nationals. So right now it's the top three teams at each event get qualified. Um, so depending on how many people sign up, it might be really easy or it might be really hard. Um, right. The each location sends basically three teams to the finals event at the end of the year, which is most likely going to be in Death Valley, is where we're leaning towards right now. Make it hard. To think of in the United States. Let's go there. You're going to have so that as a be, dead heat of summer? Uh, no, it'll be in November. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be at least like safe for being out there more than 10 minutes. But, okay, good. Um, so either there or it'll be in uh, Tonto National Forest, which is right outside Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's kind of places where teams from all over could fly in. That's kind of what we were thinking most strategically. I mean, Death Valley is about an hour, hour and a half from Vegas, depending where you go. And then right. um, Tonto National Forest is about an hour, hour and a half from Phoenix. So, I mean, they're both pretty big airports. 
or teams from the mostly East Coast are coming fly in that they would be able to participate in. That, that, um, I forgot to mention too. I mean, there's there's a cash prize that goes along with it. It's uh, starting at ten thousand dollars, and it really depends on how many people we get signed up this year. For if the number will go up or not, but right, uh, it's looking like it's going to be about that around that range, ten thousand. You know, like I said from the very beginning, it's cool because almost anybody can win this thing. It's not, it's based off a of strategy. Granted, you have to be able to hike and, and do this, but most people are drawn to this kind of thing and do this anyway. But these, it's for all levels. Uh, the nas- nationals, uh, I would say it's up for grabs, you know. Um, for anybody, we look at ourselves, we could have easily come in third place as much as we could have come in first place. Um, yeah. Or even fourth place or fifth place, it, it was all based off of so many different aspects that it really even the playing field. The coolest part of all of it is you meet some good people, you get to put some miles on your boots, you get to play with your um, camping gear, um, and you get to tell a lot of stories along the trail because you're walking, you're not running, and that, yeah. that's a that's a really cool feature of it all. So um, yeah. going to Kentucky. Then, then, um, and then after that, do you have somewhere beyond that? Or are y'all still permitting? I'm sure that's a hard process in its own. Yeah, the permitting process is a pain, but uh, <laughs> uh, basically, you have to. It's it's like a nine, it's like a nine month to a year process. So that's probably why we've had so many problems with the permit. We've been trying to like expedite the process because. I mean, yeah. we have the good reputation of the National Forest. Like, they all kind of know that we're going to reach out to them. And they're, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because, it's, I mean, like, we're such a unique event. It's kind of hard for them to understand. I mean, some of them are, like, you know, have and some of them are, like, all skeptical about the survival aspect. Right. But it's not, like, necessarily, like, putting on a trail running event where they know what exactly what's happening. It takes a lot of them to kind of understand it, and they have to understand it at each level. Right. Um, but all the other events on our schedule we're planning on doing. Virginia, we just had to move back because we were planning on using the Appalachian Trail, and that just wasn't going to work. I mean, there's just too many people that time of year on that. Yeah. Um, and then you get, like, the Appalachian Trail. Like, um, they have, like, their own kind of organization that runs it and monitors it and stuff, so you have that involved as well. Um but after Kentucky, we're going to Illinois, Southern Illinois. It's called Shawnee National Forest. It's kind of an interesting section. It's they it have this area called the Garden of Gods. It's not like the Colorado one. It's really rocky. It's like a really bluffy area. Um, it's a really different part of Illinois if you've ever been there. And it's it's right on the Kentucky border too. So it's like that that weekend. So I'll probably just stay. We'll probably just stay as a team like on the road that week. Um, and then after that, we have, we're supposed to have Virginia, but that's the one that we moved back. And then we have uh, Pennsylvania, which we've had a lot of interest for. And that's um, it's up there in the Allegheny National Forest, right near the New York border. And that's, um, it's, it's a much different terrain than what we've had so far. I mean, it's got a big, big river that runs along each side of the trail part of the North Country Trail, which mm-hmm. runs from 
North Dakota to all the way up to, I think, like New Hampshire, maybe. Maybe even a little bit further. I can't think you, got, you got them scattered a little bit everywhere. Yeah, but it's mostly East Coast, regional, kind of work. And that's where y'all are based out, national. Right. Yeah, we're based out in North Carolina, so it's kind of, we kind of had that when we were planning it. But yeah. more, more of like a regional kind of working our way to like a national scale. Yeah, it's a cool thing. So so if somebody wants to join this race or find out where the next race is or or, or get some information as it pops up for some new ones that maybe you didn't mention today, how, how are they going to find you? Um, probably the easiest way is just go to our website, www.missionuncharted.com, M-I-S-S-I-O-N. U-N-C-H-A-R-T-E-D.com. Okay. Um, and that's our tag on all the social medias as well. Facebook, Mission Uncharted. Uh, Instagram, Mission Uncharted. And I think our Twitter is M Uncharted just because we couldn't fit that many syllables in it. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Um, we don't really use Twitter much. Yeah, nobody's on there Facebook, anyway these days. No. Facebook <laughs> and Instagram is mostly where we're at. Sure, and y'all do. I've seen y'all do a couple of little live videos on the trails when y'all are uh, the beta trails and different things. And uh, I see you got a and on Instagram. You kind of post up a little bit of stuff here and there as well. And uh, yeah, we found you through Facebook. So. Yeah, we've been working on getting more video and uh, photos as well, just for our marketing purposes. But I think too, like there's still like the unknown factor around our events. They're not really unknown, more of like credibility, like if it's a good event, if it's not, um, just because it's so new. I mean, we've, all the events we've done are this year, so I think yeah, people that we've seen do it are like the adventurous type willing to try something new. Yeah, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm ready for next year. Hopefully, I'll do maybe a couple of events in the area. I'll, I'll join both of them because it's easy. It's easy for just like a little mini adventure. Uh, for people that are in the area, I mean, you go, you can camp out. I'm curious for you guys, like your team, what uh, what was the aspect that intrigued you about the event before you guys did it? You know, it's probably everything you kind of summed up. It's really, you didn't give me enough info, and so I liked it. You know, there was yeah. a big unknown factor, and I like unknown factors in my life. You know, I like to go into something and, and that's kind of the exploration uh, mentality that I have. I like to go into that unknown aspect, get very limited details. I mean, I I, I, I want the details because I like to plan. But, you know, it, it, it gave me some, you know, it just it gave me a sense of unknown. The survival kind of got to us, the challenges, what you, what you kind of said, the limitations you put on people. And then in the end, it's the distance. You know, I like I like that long distance. I like to see how I can push myself. I really went into it for training purposes more than I went for the event at first. You know, just a total training really? for what I do for that on every mile. Else. Are you talking about? Yeah, I'm doing a hundred mile ultra. So just time on my feet and a reason to camp out as well, because uh, I'm always looking for an excuse to be outside. But in the end, when I showed up. My whole, it just kind of, at first I was like, man, yeah, we're going to be good. You know, as people show up, and then you're like, man, well, those guys right there, I'm going to have to worry about them. 
you know, and then it turns into, okay, this is a competition. I showed up. Now we're competing. And so that aspect of my life really, um, really kicked in whenever people start showing up and you start sizing up people, but the same people you're sizing up, you, you you know, you, you connect with them on the trail and you're friends with them and you're like, you know, one of the, one of the guys, I called him Dallas because that's where he's from. We were hiking the next morning together and I said, once we get to the challenge, I'm not hiking with you anymore. We're, I'm going, you know, but gotta hike with, with some people and talk to them and learn about them. And at the end of the day, you know, meet some friends. But, you know, the, the original question that you asked me was the unknown factor and putting together something that you know is solid and having, and having it completely crushed and thrown away and, and revamp it at 10:30 at night when you really want to go to sleep because you have a long day tomorrow and uh, throw that all out the window and then know that you're not racing somebody that you can turn around your shoulder and go, they're right there. You're racing this unknown factor the whole way. And that really sold me and that made us sign up for it, you know, at the end of the day. You know, all those things that you just don't know. And so you sign up and you say, let's show up. We were the first ones out there. <laughs> we, we were ready to go, you know. Uh, and yeah, you guys were out there before we even set up the tent for like that. Yeah, you know, we, we weren't going to be late. We wanted to be first in line. We wanted, we, at the end of the day, we wanted to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, we still regret it. Every time we talk about it, we still regret that the total time we were at, what, an hour and 40 minutes ahead of everybody on the hiking portion. But yeah. there's the caveats along the way put us only 22 minutes behind yeah. at the end of the day. So, like I said, what, that, you're talking about almost eight, eight miles ahead of the next person behind you and you still lose? <laughs> so, yeah. It does, it does show that anybody can win when you're eight miles ahead of somebody in, on the foot and you lose. So, uh, that, that, that should be appealing for anybody listening that, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to be the, a mountain man to win this thing. You just have to have some basic knowledge, some good, some decent hiking ability and, uh, a good, good head on your shoulders and you, you can win this thing just as much as anybody else. And, and that, that, I think when we came out of it, that was the important factor. We talked about the whole trail. It's just like, man, it's so great that anybody can do this. You know, even though we thought we were going to win, you know, yeah. we were still I happy think, that anybody can do it. I think I was talking to you guys at the end when, when I was, we were trying to gauge if you guys were going to win or not. Yeah, and I was like, it's probably about a ninety percent chance you guys are gonna win. And then I didn't realize that the other team had already had like ten caches. So oh, we I mean, did ten caches, twenty minutes a piece. It ended up quick, but like I don't know. I think Luke mentioned something about that too, and he's like, I mean, he's like, we like the thing, the fact that we can come out here and have the fastest time, or potentially the fastest time. And he's like, we just classify ourselves as hunters. I mean, that's kind of an intriguing aspect, I think, too. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we, on that point. 
Yeah, I mean, what we do on a given day-to-day is we just love the outdoors and everything that goes along with it. You know, our roots are in hunting, fishing, outdoors, and it has evolved over time to appreciate the land um, and everything around it and the remoteness of our world and how it's um, going away and to be able to travel the miles and see that much countryside at any given point in whatever activity you're doing is at the end of the day, I just want to cut over ground and to see more and more. And, you know, when you put something up there and you're going 26, 40, 50, 100 miles, I mean, who who gets to see that much land in such a short amount of time and be able to do that? And I think that's the important thing that anybody can, a lot of people can do this. You you know, we trained, we train year round for this kind of stuff when, um, you know, tonight at some point we're going to, we're going to be out running stadiums, you know, uh, tomorrow we're going to be running the next, this weekend, we're going to be doing something. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it evolves your whole life is like, well, I want to go do this in a year. Well, I got to train, you know, and it, and it pushes yourself and it pushes everybody around you to be better next year. And, um, and continue to pursue yourself so you can be able to see these untouched places in a way that nobody else can. And that's, you know, and all of that is just what the outdoors is about, you know, is just seeing something different and um, being on your own and just reconnecting with our roots and our ancestry and different things like that. I think everybody wants to be a mountain man. You know, that era of yeah. time is a pretty cool thing. And it's so intriguing that everybody wants wants to go back there. But to live that way, I don't know if uh, if I could hang in in those back days, but I sure think I can. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Oh. All right, so everybody. Where, okay. no, I think that's ahead. where, like, adventure on outdoors and, like, Mission Uncharted really align as far as, like, the outdoors is, like, we just like to be out there. I mean, putting on the events is really a way for us to kind of help segue more people into doing events. I know that's really, like, exactly what you guys do, but it's because we have so many different activities, we kind of can introduce them to more hardcore activities, should I say, like hiking to backpacking. I mean, backpacking to ultralight. I mean, survival skills. Geocaching, not really hardcore, but... Um, hey, it's fun though. Yeah, it's fun. Especially but, when you I mean, put them like, in a big pile of briars and nobody can get to them, and you come out bloody. Yeah, I mean Dan's left it all ripped up. But hey, that's that's the fun part of those battle wounds. You got to have them at the end of at the end of it, an adventure. If you're not a little beat down, and it wasn't really an adventure, no matter the ability you are. Right, you always push yourself a little bit further, and if you got to crawl through a bunch of thorns um, to not find what you're looking for, hey, uh, you live and learn. <laughs> yeah, and the outdoors in general too is just depending on what you grew up with and all of that. It can be hard to kind of try some activities. I mean, <laughs> you can learn on your own, which is kind of what I've done for a lot of the activities that I've done in backpacking alone too, um, but. It's kind of something that the more people that you know around you that are wanting to do these activities that are encouraging you to try and try new things. Um, I think in your last podcast you were talking about like just 
putting stuff on the calendar, like always wanting to do the next activity adventure. And it really is a lifestyle. And to be able to do that, you just have to commit to it. And you have to plan ahead. You have to and consistently work at it to get outside as much as you can because I think the more you do it, the more you appreciate it and the more you want to do it. And then it becomes an obsession. And then yeah. you listen to podcasts like this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, man, I think I think we covered anything. You want to add anything? Uh... Um, No, I mean, I think as far as us, we talked a lot about ourselves, but I think, like, we really appreciate what you guys are doing, too, and I think that, I know you guys are still pretty new at what you're doing as well with Adventure on Outdoors, but I think even though you guys aren't really in it for money, you're doing it out of pure passion, it's kind of something that a lot of people can see, like, the genuine, like, the genuine, honest, like, that you guys really care about what you guys are doing and the trips that you guys are going on, and I think that's something that people can get behind, and I think it's why. You've already accumulated the following that you have, but I think as you do more of these things, like people are going to keep following you guys. And so well, we appreciate it. And, okay, well, so let us, know, let us know how we can be of help. Yeah, well, definitely we want to touch base again down the road when you get closer to nationals and uh, and different things like that. And if you have a big event that you need a little bit of, um, you want to talk about or something, you can always give me a call. But on the other hand, is we want everybody that's listening to go check out Mission Uncharted, www.missionuncharted.com, and go give them a follow on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and um, check out their past events, check out their future events. And, and when it's in your neck of the woods, go out there and just give it a try. If you quit, oh, well, you you got something to work towards the next year. Uh, but I think everybody will find it pleasantly surprised that they can they can go out there and do something beyond what they really think uh, with a little bit of planning and uh, and really enjoy themselves and find some friends along the way. So we appreciate it, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Yeah, and we'll be sharing this on our stuff too. So we'll hopefully more people will be able to hear about you guys as well, Adventure on Outdoors. All right. Well, we appreciate it, and thank you, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. All right. Have a good one, Danny. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Adventure On podcast. Please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you. If you would like to keep up with our adventures, you can go to our website at www.adventureonoutdoors.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at adventure underscore on underscore outdoors. Also on Facebook and YouTube, Adventure on Outdoors. Thanks for listening.